Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast episode 26, or if you like season 2 episode 2, a selectbutton.net guide-in podcast. Every week, except this week, we select three games at random, and you get to vote on which one we play. I say that, but we didn't actually do that this week. We did what we're calling an explorer's choice, and uh, all of the people who've ever been on the podcast got to pick a game. We randomized it and picked the first one. The first one happened to be Bachelor's Game, sort of, um, called Holy Umbrella Dondera's Wild. Uh, so we'll be discussing it using the four completely standardized and normal metrics for scoring a video game, which are Vanity, Gun, Investigation, and Revelation. Uh, I'm your host, Virtual Clint. I'm your co-host, Career Rice. And today we are joined by... Well, let me take off my shoes here. Uh, yes, I'm Rudy. I'm back. It's Sakarina. Uh, I'd better grab a gun or something. Bitch shrug. Damn it, that's my favorite lion. <laughs> ah! Ah! I thought I was going to have to wait all episode to hear that. Ah. Much I'm so happy. I'm Bachelor, maker of ah. the greatest game of all time, DDD the Natural Playboys. Here's what I should have said. It's Curry Memorial Day. <laughs> and I am Topa. Dreams are the greatest enemy under the sun. <laughs> oh, I didn't take enough screenshots of this. I, I, I don't multitask well because I, uh, I was... Ah, ah it's shrugged. I was streaming, which meant I wasn't really taking a lot of screenshots, and I was also not taking any notes whatsoever. So we'll see how totally and completely unprepared I am for this. Anyway, uh, Holy Umbrella... Holy Umbrella... I'm not saying the right... I'm just calling it Holy Umbrella, so fuck off. Uh, it is surprisingly not based on an anime or manga, as far as I could tell. It is just super anime. Uh, it's about a young boy who picks up a magical umbrella and is transported to a land of talking penguins, evil robots, and overworld maps. Uh, it's kind of an RPG slash platformer, like a light RPG. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically a platformer, though. Uh, with a lot of talking, and also you can buy stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of Zelda 2. Yeah, it is actually kind of Zelda 2. It, it it even has bottles that you can fill up with potions like Zelda 3, I guess. Uh, so that's sort of interesting as well. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of like Zelda 2, so much so that it's Zelda 3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, each level that you go into, and it is split up into levels, is basically kind of a long platforming stage with a bunch of enemies that you smack around. Uh, sometimes it's kind of maze-like. Uh, not, not always. Sometimes they're pretty linear. And then you also get boss fights between stages sometimes or at the end of stages, uh, and you have to smack a boss around for quite a while. Uh, you get upgrades to your umbrella with different elements. You get multiple characters that can join you. I think there's four different char playable characters, maybe five. I wasn't 100% on that. Uh, so there's a, there's a ton of stuff going on here. Uh, it was released only in Japan in 1995, uh, developed by a company called Naxat and Another one called Earthly Soft, and then Naxat also published it. Uh, Earthly Soft doesn't seem to be well known anywhere. They only developed four games, and I didn't. I didn't know any of them, I, but I'm I'm a dunce, so I don't know. Maybe somebody did. Um, but Naxat has 
all of 25 games. They've been developing games since like 1996 or something. Uh, they may be, maybe they're well known for a game called Killing Zone, where it's like a fighter plus Pokemon. I don't fucking know. It was on the PS1, though. Um, weirdly, they took an 11 year break from making games between 1998 and 2009, where they worked on something called Cerberus Project on the PSP, and then another six year break. And showed up and made another game in 2015. So I have no idea what's going on there. Really weird shit. So, uh, uh, Naxatsoft is the old name that used to be uh, Kaga Create. And Naxatsoft became like a sub-brand of that thing. So they still made games. They just didn't make it under the name Naxatsoft. Ah, thank you for explaining that. Because I was like totally baffled by that. I figured it was something like they owned the rights to some uh, property and they had to publish it under that name or some shit. But that makes a lot more sense. Weren't, so. weren't they related to Taxansoft? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. That's the case. Uh, and also, like, they were mostly known for the uh, PC Engine games, which kind of explains the aesthetic of this one. Okay, there you go. I'm glad other people know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> I actually have a number of things on the... Oh, wait, no, no, no. I can save the staff talk for... Uh, Revelation. But... <laughs> no. When we're alone. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what that category is. Revelation is our bottom line. Sorry. Investigation yeah. is, is... I don't know anything. That's okay. It's still it's new. a new season. It's That's a- that soft published super real Mahjong PIV. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's the one with the with the, all the cute girls. Yep, that's what I remember. Yep. That was a good time. Uh, I, I continuing what I said previously though that uh, they are mostly known for their. PC Engine stuff. They made Koryun, Child of Dragon. They did Kazakiri. Uh, I let's see. They did. Alzadik, I think that's on there. Yours, and there was. <laughs> Sorry, a dick. <laughs> Alzadik. It's one of the. Oh, it's like Nexer and stuff. It's like it's one of those like. Uh, I think it's one of those shooters that is like they give you like a caravan mode or something where it's like a short amount of time to get as many points as possible. Oh fuck! They did a Romance of the Three Kingdoms game for the PC Engine too. Airzonk. They also there was also some work on Airzonk. Yeah. What the f- what's Airzonk? I know that name, but I don't it's know what a, the fuck a, it is. It's a shoot 'em up. It's a shoot 'em up spinoff in the future of uh, a bonk. You know, bonk. I can't tell if that's a joke. Yeah, bonk. The little caveman who spins. I just uh, love eating meat, climbing walls with my teeth. Me hot, too. <laughs> you ever up? You ever up at two a.m. just eating your meat? Hmm. So, how about we talk about <laughs> <Right>. this game? <laughs> Sorry, oh, yeah, I, was, yeah. uh, I was I was drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's get to my game. Yeah, that's my choice. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about our first topic. We switched it up a little bit for this episode. Uh, maybe we'll keep it. Maybe no. We'll hold on, hold on. Oh, uh, Bastard made a point there. This is this is our first Explorer's Choice game. Yeah, let's really be clear about that. Yeah, this is the first Explorer's Choice game. I asked anybody who'd been on the show in the past to pick a game, any Super Nintendo game they wanted. I've got a great list of games. We randomized it, and every third episode, we're going to do one of those instead of a truly randomly chosen game. Um, I think this is a great idea because we're going to get some real winners in here, and hopefully whoever picked the game will get to star on the podcast as well, uh, like in this case. So I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm very much looking forward to the rest of them. Since we have such a slow recording schedule, it's going to be like 20, it's like going to be mid 2019 before we get to all of them, but that's fine. (laughs) 
But yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so this is Bachelor's game. Why'd you pick this game, Bachelor? I don't really like the Super Nintendo that much. I couldn't think of a Super Nintendo game I wanted to play or that I would want to inflict on anyone. Aside from, like, I don't know, you want to play a Mystery Dungeon game? And I don't right now. So I asked Tulpa what to pick, and Tulpa told me to pick this. So there we go. It's a Tulpa chosen game. Why is Tulpa pleased with it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very pleased. I I, I was pleased as well, because I barely even played it. I just watched Tulpa do it. Yeah, that's so amazing. I I I'm would really feel bad for you, but in case you can't tell. <laughs> I was gonna say I would feel bad for you, but you do not like the Super Nintendo that much, so I guess I don't feel bad for you for losing your choice. Um, okay, so let's talk about. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Podcast, where not everybody even really like wants to be here. You <laughs> see, engine in our in our offshoot podcast, 3DO Face, which is coming soon coming soon please do that please do that i want that i'll put it on the the feed if you want me to get your own feed i don't care i want to hear that all right everyone hit me up on twitter and let me know you want to hear a podcast dedicated to erotic 3do games and we'll make it happen yeah i i want (laughs) to i want to know it's going to happen because as much as y'all are like oh the mega is so bad i'd love to know that y'all are suffering through 3do games (laughs) Uh, all right let's talk about our first topic which is vanity uh so this game had a lot of that um it's not based on an anime i was so 100 percent sure this was an anime or manga prop prop the property but it's fucking not it's just holy umbrella done there as well uh, so yeah, let's talk about what's this game look like. What's it sound like? What's it what's it feel like in your brain space? Uh, maybe we should just describe what it looks like. I guess. Did we already describe how long we played this? Oh fuck! I fucking forgot that part. Jesus Christ! We can do that quickly though. Yeah, yeah, do it quickly. I only asked everybody to play an hour, but how long did you play and how far did you get? I played like four and a half hours, and I want to keep playing so that I can finish this game. This will be a first for the podcast. It's a Snick exclusive. <laughs> uh, I I played this about five or six hours and I beat it. And that's it. I played for about an hour while watching Topa play it. I played the requisite time. I'm a garbage boy. I got to the second time the Dandara tank appears, replenished with his resplendent dong cannon. It was a dong cannon. I played for 45 minutes and I got tired of it, so I went to go play Mahjong instead. I played for about an hour, uh, along with Sakurina, in the original Japanese, as God intended, unlike you other heathens. I played it for like an hour and 20 minutes in English, sorry. And uh, I got to the fox boss, who I fucking hated, uh, but apparently I, I missed a dialogue box somewhere that told me how to use the wind umbrella, and I guess it would have made it easier. So, okay, there we go. Wait, you beat the fox boss without the wind umbrella? Is that even possible? Well, let no. me tell you. No, we'll get to that on gun, uh, but I didn't beat it. I, I got close. So. <laughs> um, all right. So, okay. Vanity. Uh, yeah, no, this game looks like an anime. It's got a lot of characters in it. It's got a lot of dialogue with little portraits in it, and the portraits change, and they're animated. Uh, it's got, you know, cute little creatures that all want to kill you. 
Uh, I would say the animation kind of stinks just because there's not enough frames of it, but the frames themselves look very nice as far as I'm concerned. So They pretty much only have keyframes, but the keyframes that are there are nice. The animation is straight. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just like a real anime. There's only like three frames every minute. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't really argue with that. It really captures the anime aesthetic. That everyone's, everyone's so tall. So lean. So leggy. Yeah. Such uh, profiles. Correct me if I'm wrong. The character designs in this were by the person who did Golden Boy, right? Yes. Uh, yes. And I don't know what Golden Boy Gawa. I hear it's really horny. That's what I read. Golden as well. Boy is extremely horny. Golden Boy also features toilets, which is. Uh, one of the main things I noticed in this game. This game has a toilet in every building, making it game of the year all years. No, <laughs> it's not, because you can't flush any of them. Maybe that goes in gun, but that's the biggest crime you can have in a game. You can search in all of them, though. Yeah, found- you can search. Some of them have money. Sometimes you just even gotta plunge Sometimes you gotta plunge your hands into some toilet water and uh, dig out some uh, cash. We're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> this is vanity. Yeah. Toilet, toilet money is for later. The vanity is-, is all about toilet money. <sighs> okay, I'm reminded of my favorite bit of vanity. Probably my yeah my 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 favorite bit of vanity is the fact that all the baths and all the sinks are full, all of them, all across the world. Every no, they're not one. all full. Some of them are empty. What? Well, those are for the sickos. I just wrote yes. down in gun toilet money, by the way. I want you to know I am going to talk about toilet money. Good. But, yeah, no. Some of some of the sinks and uh, baths are actually empty. Amazing. Amazing. And they're all animated for no reason at all. There's a ripple animation that plays across any full body of water. <laughs> Yeah, I just like there's something about this game that makes it feel to me like it was designed by somebody who had never really made an RPG before, but they had a huge budget and tons of artists. So like the toilet thing, I think, is very um, indicative of of a way of, of a certain way of thinking, because RPGs are always abstracting things, right? You're on a world map. You're in a town that's very small. It doesn't have a grocery store. It doesn't have, you know, a blacksmith necessarily. It just has a store to sell stuff like it's abstracted and these are abstracted as well, but every house has a toilet and a bathtub, at least a toilet. And so it's like somebody was thinking, well, it's not realistic if they don't have a toilet. Cause then where are they going to go? Shit. And it's like, of course it's not realistic. You don't put a toilet in every house at an RPG. So that's, that's something I was thinking as I was playing it and also yelling it out on the stream. There's also uh there's also a guitar in almost every house, which uh, further cements that, uh, they were very dedicated to making like a single house map and reusing it in every single town. And, yeah. and a uh, electric piano, yeah. Oh yeah, is it a player piano? I thought it was just a piano. The fact that so many people in these towns have identical houses is really uh, representative of colonialism. I was thinking, man, prefab maybe... houses, man. You know, just eliminating culture of you know each neighborhood and town. Like you know, every house and street's the same. You know, man. Yeah. yeah. I just assumed it was like gentrification, just like a whole bunch of fucking Mcmansions everywhere all over the world. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I was thinking. It's like, I why are you saving thinking, this world? 
I was thinking it was maybe made by uh, their equivalent of HUD. Because I lived on a street where all the houses were identical because they were HUD houses. And I was, uh, originally they were HUD houses when I was like seven to nine in Idaho. So, uh, thanks, big government. (laughs) Well, I mean, this game is about preserving the monarchy as opposed to, uh, you know, well, the, the the villain is a is an anarchist. While you're like, gotta support the anarchy or support the monarchy because the princess told me to, and she's cute. Well, to be fair, your main character is a little bit more nuanced than that. You don't actually care about saving anyone. You just want to get home. To and to be fair, she is pretty cute. Not the main character, the princess. Everyone in this game is pretty cute. It's true. Yeah, this game has like tons of character portraits. They're all really cute. And there's lots of cute little things like it'll, uh, it breaks the border. Like sometimes, you know, the lead character will be like, what the F? And, you know, his, his, you know, jaw will fall down, you know, drop halfway down the screen, breaking the panel border. It's very cute. The side scrolling segments are very basic and functional, and they have one whole level of parallax uh though the backgrounds can be very detailed and they aren't much to look at but they'll take one enemy like you have those little balls with stormtrooper as in like german stormtrooper uh helmets on and you have they all have these different functions and you can tell what they're going to do by subtle little differences in their animations that it actually took me i always knew without really pausing because i was trying to burn through this game um but so i did not always immediately like snap to exactly why I knew that an enemy was the enemy that it was, why it was the variant that it was, but I always knew the second it was on screen, oh, that is the version of this enemy that does that, even though it's almost identical to all of the other little blobs with helmets on. So there's lots of TLC given to these tiny details, even in the ugliest part of the game. Yeah, that was was nice, because even like there's one variation of enemy that walks and there's one variation of enemy that runs and you could just have it move faster with the same walk animation, but no, it gets its own special little run, run, run animation. So, you know, as soon as you see it, that it's going to go much faster and you know how to dodge it. Like I didn't have the problem that I have in a lot of these sort of, um, I, I don't know what to call them slow platformers, but where, you know, the, the sprites are so big that you can't see enough. Uh, and so, you know, they like you run into things without being able to understand them very quickly. The the way that they depicted the enemies, you understood them very, very quickly. So I, li- I like that. That's a good point. And in the overhead view town maps, oh, uh, it should be noted that uh, when you're in town, the game switches to a Dragon Quest style overhead view where your sprite is walking in place and everything. It's I, I thought it was a nice homage because they clearly didn't have to have the sprites walking in place if they didn't want to. Uh, But they did anyway. Uh, Anyway, in that view, 
there are a lot of NPCs that have a lot of varied uh, sprites. And uh, when you talk to them, their portrait always matches up with their sprite, like even taking into account different clothing and hair colors. So it's genuinely kind of impressive to me to just like walk around a town and every single NPC looks unique. That's a good catch. I I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch that because you're right. I, I noticed duplicate NPCs with different clothing. I'm like, oh, that, that's boring. But like different colored clothing, not different sprite work. But uh, I didn't notice that their portraits match too. That's a really nice detail. Uh, yeah. I think the. It's the, more than a Dragon Quest would ever do. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> the, 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 really, there's three segments to this. You've got the platforming, you've got the villages, and then you've also got a world map, which is sort of akin to Super Mario World, where you don't like traverse it freely it has paths and you know branching paths and things like that so um which i guess uses the same sprite for the the main character uh but it's again it's like a different scale for the world so that's it's sort of interesting how it combines all three of them um but they all sort of have the same aesthetic which is nice versus like genuinely mario world's overworld looks hardly anything like the levels so i can't believe this game is an open world yeah, it needs more. It needs more uh, towers. That's an open needs, world game thing, right? It needs more radio stations because the music fucking blows. The music is not good. It just loops and loops and loops. Like it's like two bars. Yeah, the music is. There's not enough of it. Uh, in defense of the music, I did like that. Uh, one of the boss fight themes just has uh, a Super Nintendo voice sample, just repeating "Don da." <laughs> nice. There's a little um a little sad p- uh, piece of music, I think. Anyway, uh during the attract mode, if you wait on the main screen on the title screen for it, uh it shows the 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 prologue and in it when the the rain begins to fall on the main character back in his original world, there's a little sad song that kind of plays during it, or a somber song anyway, and I I genuinely enjoyed that, though for most of the game, my experience with the music was that it serviced and I barely noticed it. The church music's good. Tr- the, the church music is good, yeah. It's the hard to fuck music. up church music. The church music, I felt, was straight up also indicating that they were doing a Dragon Quest homage with the town segments because uh, the first, like, two notes of it are exactly the same as the Dragon Quest church music. Dragon Quest is just a ripoff of Harvest Moon, so... Curry obviously didn't go to any of my churches. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it's easy to fuck up church music. I'll give you that. I'm just too cool and atheist or something. (laughs) The Atheist Gamer is back to destroy God and God Hand. More like no one Uh. hand. Um. (laughs) I played Xenogears. I'm woke. What you keep it up, you can get Ricky Gervais. 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 Well, his name's not worth pronouncing properly. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Scurvy. Fucking hate that guy. Just, just like you know, fuck him. Anyway. (laughs) 
Anyway, you can get that guy tweeting about how great you are if uh, you say enough racist things on YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to see if the atheist gamer is taken. Oh, no. It has to be. It absolutely has to be. Um, it is. It is. Okay. Uh, it has uh, 2,000 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> We're is it in you? our own fucking uh, uh, business trying to make a podcast work when the atheist gamer gets 2,000 subscribers for being a shit. Yeah, maybe we should rename this to the Atheist Super Nintendo Exploration Squad. Do you think what that about work? what about what about like the 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 Believer Gamer? <gasps> you know what's weird is the hosting service I put this on. Every time I go to their main page, it it you know displays a bunch of podcasts that they host. Like eighty five percent of them are specifically Christian podcasts, and it's fucking weird. <laughs> so yeah, we podcasts fit right are in. huge in the religious okay. scene. Uh, there's atheist gamer couple, the atheist gamer, atheist gamer, atheist gamer, Republican atheist gamer. Fuck. Tunnel snakes, which is if, if you're wondering, underscore gamer, the gamer atheist, at gamer atheist, atheist gamer, which is at shit far forty nine, the atheist gamer HD. <laughs> the remake. <laughs> Maybe we can the atheist baby. That's what we're, our YouTube channel is going to be. Atheist baby. We should start praying. <laughs> That's the angle you want to go with. I'm atheist. Uh, hey, boss y'all. Baby. hey y'all. Atheist at, boss baby. At atheist baby is taken. <laughs> oh fuck. What are you saying, Rudy? Hey y'all. Well, first off, nine uh, percent of the atheist gamers' uh, search for results are responses to his videos. So he's obviously doing something right. He's starting conversations. Uh, but you know what? Holy umbrella. You know. Maybe this is our chance. To Basically start takes us back. It's a holy yeah. umbrella. This is not a game for non-believers. It's true. I've been converted. Yeah. Uh, if you like read the lore on this game, which you can in-game, uh, you are given like holy that rules. the umbrella. Well, wait, what's it called? Is it called like the Umbrella Dome or Umbrella Tome? Or It's got a good name. The right? Umbrella Record or the Umbrella Tome? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. It's called We're the Umbrella Record. Yet. Ump record. We're getting off, off, getting off track. I have food in my mouth. Anyway, there's an entire backstory that explains that God is an umbrella. <laughs> Wait, are you smacking people with God? Yes. Yeah, the, the umbrella does your... talk to you in the end, so. Umbrella. Oh, fuck. I can't wait to Ella? get to that part. Ella? Yeah, that joke had to A. come up, Shrug. Hey. Hey, umbrella, it, eh? Um, between uh, chosen people being uh, picked by like holy deity weaponry and the and the evil people being transgender in this, I'm pretty sure this is a very right wing game. <laughs> in a way, it kind of is. Yeah. Ugh. Well, podcast over. <laughs> I'm done. I did it. <laughs> you killed the podcast. Well, I, I, still be- I, I still believe, like, go back to my other point about the monarchy. I think, I think the princess is gaslighting our uh, our, our young boy. Like, yeah. hey, we need you to take down the revolution while we sit and do nothing, because then our hands aren't dirty, our hands aren't blooded. And then, you know, if you do that, maybe you can go home. Yeah, maybe this is a subversion of a right-wing game, because uh, the trans person in question is not actually evil, uh, she is just manipulated by forces beyond her control. Evil. 
evil known as queerness. Also, she has the best sprites in the game. She does have great sprites. Wait, which one is she? Dondera. Emperor Dondera. Uh, or, well, the pronouns for Dondera seem to be... I never saw she, I only ever saw he used to describe Dondera. I've, saw, I've seen it switched freely. Like about halfway through, they just switched to using she for like half an hour. I never saw that, and I played it for one consistent run, but I'll take your word for it. There's, hold on, hold on. There is a thing on the board about this, on the game FAQs board. Where the hell is it? I think I might have looked at that, and they didn't come to a conclusion. There are also uh, this board is hot. Like if we do a post there, people are gonna see it as long as we post it in 2013. <laughs> yeah, the last topic was in uh, 2013, uh, but it was hot then. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was burning. People were were anyway. Hot she has Gondera. a wolf torso that breathes fire fuck yeah so best character goals um i okay this is like a really pointless note but i was really irritated every time i slept at an inn because the first note of the uh of the song is really discordant compared to the rest it sounds awful every time it pisses me off so that's a thing that's that's interesting I, the one thing I appreciated about, well, in contrast, uh, I appreciated that the sleeping overnight thing, well, actually, never mind. I thought that it was very quick, but they do a fade to black, fade back thing. Uh, The save, meanwhile, is pretty quick, which is nice. Yeah, there, honestly, even the, uh, holy fuck, uh, even the uh, in is pretty is pretty quick. It's quicker than like Chrono Trigger or Secret of Mana or things like that, which like have to show you in bed or like, you know, it's fucking annoying. I, I hate resting at inns, but you know. Also, if you uh, quote unquote rest at an inn while you are on the train, what you're doing is actually just eating a pickle lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which sounds great. I'll eat a pickle lunch on the train. So Tulpa, you just put a screenshot of a level made of bones. What the fuck is going on there? I don't remember. I think this was uh, while we were in the whale. Yeah, there's a monster whale or monster whale. You can go in a whale in this game? Yeah, there's a town inside the whale because someone got so bored they built a town uh, filled with automata. Fucked (gasps) up, I'm going to have to finish this game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the whale eats a train. I hate trains. What a good whale. Yeah, this this game has everything you want in it. And my favorite part of that is when the 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 villain who's in charge of the whale eats the train and the train has that villain's boss on it. So And no one recognizes uh the boss at all until uh the very end of the whale section. It's very Marxist. <laughs> Uh, this game is very bright. I feel like they use a lot of a lot of bold colors, and I really appreciated that just in general um, about the graphics. Like even this uh, inside a whale, dark kind of oh, there's bones everywhere. I mean, the background is this like green, this minty green sea that like gets darker as you go out with like weird yellow. I assume those are teeth. They look like giant particles. I think buttholes. They look like disembodied buttholes. I think the green is gas. 
gas from the whale belly. Well, there you go. It looks great, though. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, yes. And then these and buttholes are beautiful. These buttholes are amazing. So, yeah, I really liked that there was a lot of bold colors. Um, you know, that was really nice compared to like really just really touched by these buttholes, really I, feeling these buttholes. I just want to climb right inside that giant butthole. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. But you kept. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bit here. <laughs> Yes, and I don't know. Uh, you ate mayonnaise on air, so I don't think you do bits at all. I think <laughs> you uh, fully embody every character you play in in this podcast. That that Clint has Clint has read one hentai, and he's about ready to climb into a butthole. I didn't read it; I played it. We got to get you out, man. We got to pull you out. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna fucking live that down, am I? Fuck. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, well, n- enough about me and my butthole fetish. Um, is that Vor? That's the reverse of Vor. That's Erob. No, please don't. <laughs> it's it's supposition. Oh, oh. Okay, well now I have a nice. name for it. Now I can Google it. <laughs> um, shit. Okay, uh, Vanity. What else we got for Vanity? Uh, the church has a unique uh building uh map art, background art, whatever, uh, where, where you can see someone grasping a holy umbrella. It's beautiful. Look at that. Gorgeous. Yeah, I think, I think everything about the way this game looks is great, and everything about the way this game sounds is not great. Yeah, it's a real mixed bag. That, that should have been the name of the podcast. Airhorn, airhorn, airhorn. On Vandy, the, uh, the Japanese version is very strange about how and when it uses uh, kanji for the hour I played. Like, the only time uh, it was used was, like, for king. But, like, any other normal talk, like, like I think pretty much everything the, the boy says is all in uh, hiragana katakana, uh, which might do something to imply age and style, which is kind of neat, versus... Um, yeah, I guess the princess is the only one that actually uses kanji. Now, the guard at the door of the palace also uses kanji to say castle because I guess it's shorter than spelling it out or something. But yeah, I noticed that too. There's very little kanji in this game, which makes it pretty easy to play. Although occasionally it is a pain in the ass because when you know kanji, it's a lot faster to read. There's a lot of fucking text in this game and I was getting real bored with it, I gotta say. I was, like, fucking just overwhelmed by the amount of text in this game about five minutes in when they just would not let me just go to town already. And none of it was interesting. Like, it was all very, like, gotta go here, gotta do this. This is the, you know, the, it's just fucking, I was so bored with it. Like, I I want to, like, make it clear that I plan on making room for other people to talk about what they like about this game. And by other people, I guess I mean Tulpa, because that's what I'm about. But uh, I, in general, as the kind of person I am, am kind of weary of the the 90s style of anime where, you know, people like swing their arms so fast it all blurs together and they have like the big crazy eyes and mouths and stuff the stuff that our parents used to say is what anime is and still seem to think anime is and they're not wrong but it's just it doesn't mesh with me and so like whenever they're like whoa we're being so wacky i'm just like please let me get to the platforming (laughs) 
I wanted just to get to the boss fights too. Like the boss fights were all right, except for one, but we'll get into that. So I think that's a good vanity section. We've kind of set the game up, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. But was there any other last notes for, for vanity? Anything else somebody wanted to say? Well, I think what Curry said is true. Like there's a little bit too much whimsy in this game and it sort of gets canceled out by the massive walls of text that you have to mash through. Um, like there's a lot of the bird character. Uh, I think Bonto is his name. Yeah. Like Twitter. Bonto. Twitter. <laughs> his name is Twitter. <laughs> yeah, his name's Twitter. That's a, that's sure, a better joke. Whatever. So when, when Twitter's speaking, he's just being super whimsical and over the top. And occasionally he makes mention to the fact that, like, oh, it's like a manga or a game. And I'm like, uh, having just listened to Rudy's podcast this week, it was sort of a thing on there where, like, don't acknowledge that I'm playing a video game or that I'm in some kind of fictional media unless you can do it really, really well. And this game does not do it really, really well. Yeah, that but, has to be done well for it not to just suck. But does it do anything really, really well? It's really pretty. Yeah, it does. I did not mind all of the fourth wall breaking jokes because, uh, you know, I didn't expect to take this game particularly seriously, and the game does not take itself particularly seriously. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I wasn't like I thought. All the stuff with the bird was cute because I just expected. Okay, it's a game about a magical umbrella from God and a kid in short pants who uses it to beat up sentient tanks with dick cannons. So, um, like all the like fourth wall breaking stuff, it wasn't great. It wasn't like it commented on the medium in a meaningful way. But. It was of a piece with everything else. It was just kind of cute. And it's okay for games to be cute yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Cute is fine. I'm down with that. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very quaint. Wait, is quaint the word I want to use? I thought yeah. it was cute. Quaint, quaint and yeah, it is quaint. It is a quaint game. It doesn't do anything new, but it, it does what it's doing kind of purposefully. Uh, yeah, quite, it's comfortable. I didn't ever feel like put out by this game except for all the fucking talking. So that was nice. Quaint is a great word for for this game and not as like an insult. People use quaint to be like, oh, oh, you have such a quaint house just to be small and shitty or whatever. But like, I, I genuinely think that it's it's a homey, comfortable kind of game that doesn't like push any boundaries and that's just fine. And the tank, the tank boy does have a fucking huge dong cannon. There's a, <laughs> there's a tank, there's a recurring enemy who's called Dondera Tank. And uh, he shows up like five or six times during the game, each time with a new body. And the second uh, rendition, is, he's got like a, a big metal torso and then also and then treads instead of legs that are, it would make him kind of short in that way. Uh, and then a huge cannon penis. It's just right in the center of the tread. It's just a dong. He says this new renewed oh so cool body. It's all about and he's there in the middle of a grassy field. Uh, dotted with beautiful yellow flowers. So it's all about uh, the regenerative powers of nature, etc. Shrug stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's also a town in this game where you can see the grass waving in the wind, which is amazing. 
That always gets me. That was one of the things that made me play Chrono Trigger when I, because I wasn't into RPGs, but I saw the grass. I was like, oh. Tulpa, did you ever get to the desert where the the sands run underneath the village? I haven't gotten there yet. I will. Have Have you ever been to the desert where the sands run beneath the village? Have you ever (laughs) seen the desert running underneath the village? Oh, yeah. Fuck. What have I done? (laughs) <laughs> okay all right all right all right that's a good vanity section i'm proud of everyone thank good job everyone let's move on to our second topic traditionally our first topic but fuck it uh our second topic is of course gun uh and this game gun. holy shit <laughs> that was terrifying <laughs> i loved that curry i did i never knew you should do metal Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on to gun. How did everyone feel about all the guns in this game? It has a big old tank main gun that looks like a dick, as we've discussed. Yeah. I... Down for a gun. I want to like talk. Looks like a dick. Looks like a dick, Tulpa. I want to talk the jumping. about the dick cannon guy because... Uh, also, the jumping's kind of sluggish. I don't know. Talking about to you, Tulpa. The jumping's weird. Uh, but regarding the guy with the dick cannon gun, uh, this game does does have a commentary on game design, a subversion that I actually like and I think is insightful. Uh, you keep re-encountering the same uh, boss fight, the Dondera tank. But on the third encounter, uh, y- uh, you are baited into thinking you're about to fight uh, fight Dondera tank again. And then he is defeated by a new NPC showing up. And uh, they just kind of subvert the entire idea of uh, finishing every single stage with a boss fight. I loved that. I thought that was so good. Um, and they didn't even like build up to it that much. Like they do that in Mario RPG with the Axum Rangers, who they show up once and then they show up a. S- Wait, do they do that with the Axum Rangers? Fuck. I- oh no, it's in Paper Mario where there's this big build up to the second time you're going to fight the Koopa brothers, and then the recurring boss actually shows up and fucks them up. So this is sort of an inversion of that. Like you're you're built up to fight this boss and you don't even fight anything at all. So yeah, that was that was that was great. That made me actually laugh this out loud. This game sucks you? This game will suck you? <laughs> um Now you got your YouTube thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Um But yeah, so okay, the jumping is sluggish. The walking is very slow. You eventually get a power up that lets you run, but you don't want to run. Because you're gonna have to fight enemies, and if you're running, it's it's too fast. Um, no, if you're running, it's just fast enough. Uh, you can play this entire game while running. Okay, maybe you're right. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was good. <laughs> um, you didn't feel like you were MLG enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a noob. Get good. Get get good. Uh, so if you watch my stream, you would know that I'm terrible at video games. I mean, that's me, too. I named my character Born to Die because that's definitely what was going to happen. I named I mine named Tulpa, too. <laughs> I named mine Butts. Butts! I was just Tulpa. I'm not creative. I'm more creative than Bachelor, but I'm not that creative. 
<laughs> Wait, what did you name yours, Rudy? I couldn't hear you. I named him Moomin. Moomin. Oh, that's glad, really I'm, good. I'm glad Final Fantasy, I'm glad uh, Shrug is the true Final Fantasy V hero fan. Oh, yeah, because it's butts with a Z. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, But yeah, I don't know. The platforming sections are fine. Like, I, I wasn't insulted by them i guess i'll put it that way like um it wasn't it, like i don't know it, it was an interesting midway point between something like hyper area which you really have to focus on to be able to complete versus something a little bit more super mario ish where you're running and jumping and like the, the point is the controls it's slow and you are whacking enemies multiple times sometimes to kill them but it's not very hard and you're not like switching between types of, of weapons all that frequently and stuff like that so it, it was fine I played Hyper Area for 30 seconds. That game was a total turd. I liked Hyper like, Area. Wrong podcast. <laughs> that, it was so Get bad. The fuck out. No, I'm making it because I want to make a point about this game. This game's good. I mean, it's not good. It's okay. Like, it, it's very close to actually being like a really good game. Like, if they had like three more months to polish this thing up, tighten up the graphics on level three, they would have had <laughs> something like really special. But like, you know, there's all these things like just. Like the fact that you don't get the running shoes at the start, or just like if that platform was just a pixel lower, it'd be easier to make that jump and not as frustrating, or just you know, lots of little tweaks like that. Like, this game's very close to being a really good game that everyone would know, but it's not quite there. If the platform was a pixel lower, then you wouldn't be motivated to switch instantly into your Twitter bird form so you could have a weird little double jump. And thus make the jump with them. Yeah, I I, I want to talk about the character switching because um, it did irritate me a bit. Because you very early on you get control of uh, Bonto, the little bird, the Twitter. Sorry, um, and and you can switch freely between the boy and the bird as long as you're on the ground and you're not in the middle of an attack animation. You can switch. B and B in it, huh? B and B in it. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure is whatever you're saying there. <laughs> um, Bird and boy. B yeah. and B yeah. and it. <laughs> Thank you, Rudy. Are you saying the girl is an it? That's rude. Ah! <laughs> no, just when you have the bird and the boy. Um, you can switch freely. The, the, the boy can't double jump, but has all of the, you know, offensive power the bird is is one uh tile tall and can double jump but can't run and the attack is very very poor so really all you would do is switch to the bird to do a double jump and then switch immediately back to the boy uh just give me a fucking double jump like why are you doing this to me no no because uh having the variety of character types actually i think works very well in this game it's like if Castlevania 3 was better. There, I said it. Like, my thing there is that in Castlevania, the different characters represented entirely different through roots throughout the uh, levels. But uh, here, the characters, like, having to switch between them in order to do basic verbs felt more like uh, making a, something that could be simple more complicated without adding any sort of, like, satisfaction to doing so. No, there is satisfaction, and I'm getting to that. Uh, 
Like uh, one of my favorite moments in this game was the second ty- time you fight. I think it was Dawn that I made the mermaid one, uh, because the boy cannot go through uh, waterfalls very quickly. Uh, that boss fight became uh, more difficult than the first time around. And I found the optimal route for me was to switch constantly between the bird and the boy, because I can't just stay as the bird because it's a very fragile character. Why didn't you just play the boy and then swim up through the waterfall? Because that's slow. And I kept getting hit. Uh, Why didn't you just take a life gem? (laughs) Because I'm not a coward. (laughs) Why weren't you a coward? (laughs) Why weren't you, coward rice? Let's actually... uh put into context that the fact that you can just like hit the trigger buttons and switch between characters is like much more modern game design than for a lot of super super famicom stuff that's very very true and that's the one one redeeming factor i felt like because you didn't have to go into the pause screen and switch character you know you could but you could also just use the trigger buttons which that was really nice you couldn't even do that in mega man x right i think you could in mega man x couldn't you shoot no Really? It's better than Mega Man X. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Mega Man X. Now my hot take isn't that hot of a take. I hate Mega Man X. I like Maverick Hunter X. I have no strong feelings about Mega Man X, but I do find it inherently satisfying to be a fat little orb bird. So, uh, an orb or bird, if you will. So. I don't know why anyone needs more justification for the switch than that. B and O B in it. Yeah, exactly. Borb in uh, it. Also, uh, switching between the different characters does open up alternate routes through the levels. Uh, like it's not immediately apparent, but as you go on, it becomes uh, more and more a feature of the platforming design. That certain characters are required to get certain places, and because he cannot switch, like mid jump or mid uh, attack or whatever, uh, you have to commit to the alternate move set for a little while. I will for like s- a second. I will say that in the the very first, the second level, I guess, is where you get uh, the bird. There were moments where it was it was an interesting trade off because it was like I can get to this platform with the boy by using the swinging mechanics, which we'll get to. Um, but it's easier with the bird. But there is an enemy, so I'm going to have to switch as soon as I land, and it, I'm not going to be able to avoid damage if I do fuck up with the bird. So there's interesting trade offs. I, I wish they'd done more of that. I wish they had made it so that <clears throat> not just can you go alternate paths, but more importantly, can you go the same path? with different characters and get different challenges that that i think would have made that much more satisfying because i was only the bird as temporarily as possible and i didn't want to play the bird leaving out the third main character that you get to control for a good portion of this game she fucking uh, rules the the martial arts girl who has the most satisfying wall jump i've experienced in any game we've played in in the snaps cast oh yeah it's a good we played another game with a Wall jump? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> it was a good wall, wall jump. jump in this game is way better than in NHL 96. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, she uh, she should have been the only playable character, in my opinion. Like, she just, it's just more satisfying. Like, eventually they give the protagonist, like, at one point she gets kidnapped because she's a girl. 
<laughs> or not kidnapped, but she gets, you know, taken out of the team for a bit. And, um, and you are, you eventually fought, unlock another ability to climb walls. And while it is certainly not nearly as satisfying as the wall jump, it ends up becoming the dominant strategy. And so I just almost never changed to her again. But she has that amazing slide check that lets you slide into the uh, bird height areas while not being a bird. Yeah, but then the ledges start changing in such a way that her jumps stop becoming like the easiest way to get through something. And it's better to just turn into the little bird and hop over it. She she did rule, though. Speaking of the bird, um, one thing I noticed while I was trying to beast through this game and failed dramatically was that um, I think the bird has more invincibility frames when you take damage than the boy. So if you're trying to damage boost through a tank, you can do so more easily with the bird than with the boy. So cool, I guess. The bird definitely takes like three times as much damage, though, so it's riskier. Hmm. Well, I had less trouble damage boosting through bosses with that one. Anyway, uh, the other thing is the respawns in this game reminded me of one of the things I hated about uh, old video games, which is as soon as like the pixel that is marked as the spawn zone for uh, for an enemy goes off screen and then you come back, the enemy respawns, which is <laughs> yeah. a gigantic pain in the ass. Yeah, it's got the ninja got end problem. Yeah, yeah it does. That was, that was annoying. Uh, it's... It's especially annoying if you like fall down a pit and when you climb up, there's an enemy right at the edge. What yeah. annoyed me was a few enemies. This happened on multiple occasions where the enemy was on the edge of the screen but was there. So anytime I hit them, they technically didn't take damage because they were just like perpetually in a state of spawning. Yeah. yeah. Like, And I think that runs in contrast to how purposeful the enemy placements are in this game. Like, I feel like like, like to give an example, there's a. I'm trying to remember exactly how it went, but there was a point where you're running underneath a small area with the bird, and uh, there's no enemies in front of you. But then, as you're going behind you, spawns one of the little running bastards, uh, and and it almost catches up with you as you're exiting the thing. But then it trips, and it's very like obviously purposeful. Like they they did that on purpose. Most enemies spawn from the right, not the left. Uh, so that was on purpose, it, it, and it felt like that throughout the whole game. The enemy placements were very much uh, purposeful, but then as soon as they left the screen, they respawned, which just ruined it because, like, so many of them were meant to be encountered from the left that when you were going backwards, uh, like, they became very difficult to fight. Like, it just fucking, ugh, it drove me up the wall. One That's thing I appreciate point. about the enemy design in this game, and uh, I'm definitely standing for this game a lot, just it, I feel like I'm the person who liked it the most. Uh, one thing I appreciate about the enemy design in this game is that the enemies are never actually, like, necessary to kill. Like, uh, you can just skip them. There's literally no reward to killing every enemy you encounter. Yeah, that um, reminds me a bit of the time I played Trip World, but, you know, um, Trip World went, like, full hog with it in that they made all the enemies charming and have their own unique personalities. But I I, uh, I agree, if that's, where, if that's where you're coming from, that it is interesting to deprioritize uh killing enemies by not giving rewards 
Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Uh, there's there's no reason to fight any enemies, uh, except that sometimes they're just an obstacle that you're trying to get past. Which really just means that uh, the main character is a much more heartless person than it is trying to tell us. You don't have to read everything in the most negative light, Perry. <laughs> but that's what I always do on this podcast. <laughs> He's just a scared boy. But that's just a gazing out at the world. Winning his divinely granted umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I like uh, I liked the, killing enemies. Thank you. The hook in this the the hook swinging in this game uh, was not satisfying at all. The physics felt yeah. really off on the, it. It's, it's not a separate non, button. The non-physics. It's yeah, just, the non-physics. You hook onto something with your umbrella, and then you just swing in this constant canned animation. Yeah, and it's one of those that has like five, like four frames as well. So it's like straight left, 45 degrees left. Straight down, 45 degrees right, and it's very slow. Uh, it's awful. I love that there is no actual finish to the, to the arc of your swing. It, you go most of the way, and then you're already going back, so you never are really fully prepared to let go. I hated it. Yeah. like That's one of those things where if they polished it up, it, uh, this would just be a straight-up placid game. But as it is, this is like a, a fascinating B game to me. Yeah, for like for what it's worth, in defense of the game, if I were younger, I probably would have enjoyed it and its personality a lot more. I just, as an adult who has more of a discerning taste, I don't see much personality in it. Like I find more lack than I do uh, find actual like stuff value in there. I don't know. I think this game's overflowing with personality, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I, I weirdly, okay, I do want to talk about the hook thing really briefly. Not only is the animation suck and it feels bad, uh, the hit hitbox, I don't know. Uh, when you, you swing your umbrella to hook onto a peg or whatever, uh, that's very unforgiving. You have to hit it at a very specific point. I fell, that's, that, that was most of my falls. Platforming was swinging the umbrella either too late because I was expecting the uh animation to activate sooner i don't fucking know i just suck or missing it because i didn't hit it with the hook of the umbrella i hit it with the body of the umbrella just by like a couple of pixels and i would fall down and that pissed me off (laughs) yeah that was super frustrating you're invincible when you're hooking though right yep that's cool uh, but the other thing, Curry, you talk. You, you, the funny thing about this is that I think I appreciate this more as an adult. I would not have had the patience for this as a kid. Like, it does take a certain measure of patience to get through some of these levels and to do the same things over again because you keep falling because there's no fucking... Because you keep fucking the hook up. Um, <laughs> so, interestingly, I think I enjoyed this more as an adult, even though it's clearly targeted towards kids. I just wouldn't have had the patience for it. Yeah, same. Uh, like... As a kid, I would have just like played it for 15 minutes and decided, oh, this sucks. This is like a shitty platformer and then never played it again. But now as an adult, I love wallowing in garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, for all of my criticism of the game and my previous comment about why didn't you just be a coward? I am 
I do have a bit of curiosity about going back and trying to go through without those uh, revival gems to see if, like, how memorable the patterns are of the bosses. Because all I knew was that the moment I realized I had to jump over the fox boss as he was, like, doing the two versions of him moving across the screen, I was like, I kind of hate this. <laughs> Which really? I would like I would I have enjoyed boss. I would I've enjoyed that type of thing in other games, but in this one the the experience of the kinetics were just not doing it for me. But maybe if I were pushed to more of a challenge and not allowed to use those, then maybe I would find more uh, satisfaction in it. And actually, I, I want to talk about the fox boss because uh, I did try and beat it without the uh, the wind umbrella, or I didn't know how to use it. But I do want to talk about the revival thing because there are shops in the game, and um, each of them sells the exact same thing, as far as I could tell. Uh, there's a bunch of potions, basically. And there's also a revival... Is it a jewel? Is that what it says? Yeah, it's a jewel or something. Anyway, it's an orb. It's an orb for sure. So, <laughs> um, if you you can buy it for two hundred gold, whatever, and then uh, when you die, it automatically revives you. It's three hundred. Three hundred? Oh yeah, that's right. Because the full health potion is two hundred, I think. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, and then you can also get up to apparently eight empty bottles, and each of those you can fill with a potion as well. Uh, and there's a full health and a half health potion as well, something that cures paralysis and something that cures poison, which I didn't encounter in the game at all. So uh, it's it kind of it's a very it's much easier when you use those. I'll just put it that way. Um, and I didn't use I, I the problem is that I'm dumb and I would use my revival orb accidentally because I would die unexpectedly and then I would have like two potions and I'm like I should have used those before I use the the revival or it just I, I don't know it sucked uh so yeah that was interesting though I like like as far as RPG mechanics that was probably the strongest one the other RPG mechanics are you can level up your strength your defense and your hearts uh but it's not based on killing enemies like Topa said uh, it's based on finding things in the levels or in the uh, villages. So they're just upgrades that you find and they just apply. Uh, there's also multiple umbrellas, uh, which do different things. They're elementally based. So like killing enemies will do different things once you are using those. And I think they have different strengths. Uh, I'm not 100% on that. Uh, and that was the extent of the RPG elements was as far as like mechanically uh, was buying potions and life orbs and leveling up certain pieces of your uh, uh, stats and then slightly different equipment. So I the didn't stats, think that was that successful. The stats were definitely uh, something that I thought was unnecessary. Adding extra hearts works out when you have enemies being more difficult, but the, the uh, attack and defense stat being something that you had to call you had to find hidden things in order to up it or the boss would just keep hitting you for most of your health uh felt more like the unnecessary type of padding the, the false difficulty why is it false difficulty well because it's avatar strength over player strength I, I would agree that I feel like it's false. I, I assume that it was meant to encourage exploration of the levels, but exploring the levels kind of sucks. Like, 
honestly. Um, so I wish I exploring the levels. Oh, well, I mean, and that would totally change it. I didn't really enjoy exploring the levels. Um, I liked just getting through the damn thing. And that put me at a disadvantage. If you like exploring the levels and the leveling up thing is a good reward for that. And it makes the rest of the game a little bit easier. So I could see that. But yeah, so there you go. That's some things. But yeah, uh, with regards to the boss fights, I thought all of the patterns were great after the first one was uh, very boring. Uh, I I liked that uh, you could go through all of the bosses uh, with no damage uh, if you just like learn the pattern and stick to it. And often I would just fuck up and get too aggressive. They were basically Mega Man bosses, except the patterns were slightly easier because it's games for kids. And Mega Man is not for kids. Mega Man is for old people. Mega Man is for, like, 20-year-old Grodnyards. Mega Man is for the atheist gamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if you're a new atheist with a fedora, then you definitely play Mega Man. And if uh, you have an appreciation for the diversity of uh, religions in this world, then you play Holy Umbrella. Amen. For one, I'd like to apologize to Index J from the forums. And also, I'd like to say, Booty Boy, if you feel validated by this statement that Mega Man is for adults, then I can't help you there, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah, no, congratulations. (laughs) Booty Boy has previously told us before that uh, uh, one of his personal coming-of-age things was being able to beat Mega Man 2, I think it was, and... I think that uh, dovetails with what you are jokingly saying about Mega Man being for adults. Yeah. I haven't beat any of the original Mega Man games, so I'm not an adult. That's why I'm the future boy. That's right. And I've beaten all six of the only Mega Man games ever made, so I'm a super (laughs) adult. I'm already retired. I think The Misadventures of Tron Bon is much better than any other Mega Man game. I do need to play that game at some point. Um, I want to talk about the fox boss because apparently I fucked this up. Um, the, the, the fox, the Dondera fox, uh, floats at the very top of the screen where you cannot hit her. And she drops, she shoots at you with these three bullets that spread out. And then she drops foxes. Um, and what I guess you're supposed to do is hit them with the wind umbrella, hit the, the little foxes with the wind umbrella, and then you grab the orbs that they leave behind because you killed them with the wind umbrella and throw them at her. Problem is, I didn't know yes. that you could pick those up. Um, so I, I must have missed somebody who told me that. So what I was doing instead, and this is possible, uh, you, freezing the foxes with the ice umbrella, jumping on the little ice block that they leave behind, which gives you just enough height to jump up and hit Fox Boss in the face. And then she falls down and does the, like, I'm on both sides of the screen, and you jump over her and hit her while she's in the middle. Uh, The problem with that is that you almost always take damage. I was always almost always taking damage when I jumped up and tried to hit her in the face. So clearly the wrong way to do it, technically possible. (laughs) It's cool the game likes to do that. Yeah, I I also think that's like actually cool that uh, it's yeah, possible too. to get through uh, a boss fight using what is the strategy they did not intend for you to use. Right, it's neat that it's not that she's invincible at the top, it's just her hitbox is very high, and so you have to get just a little bit of extra height will get you up there. So I think that it was a bit, maybe not intended, 
but obvious that they were thinking about it because I think the hitbox changes when she's on the ground. You can hit anywhere on her body, but I could be wrong. I could be when wrong. she's in the air. She and one, I, I think it's a he, but I don't care. So I'm going to say she. Um, so I think because that's the kind of asshole I am <laughs> or something. And SJW nonsense erasing mail. Yeah, but um, her uh, hitbox is higher when she's in the air, I noticed, because using the those wind orbs to hit her uh i would often be frustrated with trying to throw them at her and she'd already thrown out other baby foxes to hit them and uh, just frustrate me so i would usually ch- grab them and then immediately throw them diagonally towards her and as a result they would go slightly over her head but as a result collide and hit her uh, and cause damage anyway so it is slightly up above her well I think the hitbox on that boss in particular is just an area slightly larger than her head. Her body is not the hitbox uh, when she's in the air. Hey, my, my, my eyes are up here. Don't stop looking at my hitbox. <laughs> my eyes are down here. <laughs> stop looking at my hitbox is up here. Stop looking at my completely invincible parts. My dong is... Yeah, where is the dong on <laughs> on a centaur? We're not processing the podcast streams. Uh, yeah, that would be illegal. Um, let's see, what else do I have in notes for guns? Playing the bird sucks. I already said that. Love the tank. I like the Dondera tank with multiple iterations. It felt nice. Uh, swinging sucks. I never figured out. Yeah, I liked. I liked uh, the the uh, royal tomb level. It's a level in which you have to go through and you have to have a certain item so that you can see what parts of the level are fake. Oh, that's clever. That's that's very Ocarina of Time it's, uh, in some way, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, a, it's a maze, uh, though it's a platformer maze, and I enjoyed it because there's uh, there's a secret item in the, there's like Okay, so here's the nicest thing about that is that in there, there's one of those collectible uh, mechanics like here's some shoes that allow you to run. And here is a thing that allows you to climb a wall. They had in here, um, an ability that allows you to just walk over, uh, damaging floors like spikes and it won't take damage, but, um, you don't have to pick it up. You can actually completely bypass it, which is fine because I, like never had any trouble landing on dangerous floors, but it was nice that they actually had some optionality, if that's even a word for this, uh, for one of those. That yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I didn't get that far, so I, I don't know. I, I actually, speaking of additional mechanics, I do like that you get a floaty thing where you can use your umbre- umbrella to float slowly down. But if you attack, you drop fast again. So that that was nice. And you didn't have to use it. It just made things a little bit safer. That's not true. You did have to use it to make some jumps. Never mind. But uh, yeah. I love that the sprint button is mapped to the same as the attack button because of what that means for boss fights, where often you need to sprint in order to avoid uh, getting uh, hit by uh, one of their patterns. It's like Mario all over again. Except Mario. that was not a sprint button map to an attack button. I'm drawing the distinction. <laughs> well, Mario doesn't stop to throw a fireball. So, therefore, it's, you know, it's pretty different. The, the attack animation is very what? long. 
I always stop to throw fireballs. Yeah. Mario yeah. Is, is like an imp from Doom. He doesn't stop when he's throwing fireballs. They're very, very similar. And he runs 600 miles per hour. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Mario has more physics, so he has to slow down as he's doing his thing. He has to act, he's going to keep running for a bit. So, yeah, it is different. Yeah, also, who plays Mario in any form besides Little Mario? I don't play Coward's Mario. <laughs> um, I, I did. Sorry. That's <laughs> just a dumb joke. That was fucking hilarious. I liked it. Um, <laughs> um, Meanwhile, my name on the Discord right now is Super Curry Bros. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I love Mario. Um, right. I wrote down, I, t- I told you I was going to talk about finding money in the toilet. I found, I checked every toilet up up to the point I got to, and I found $10 in one of them, and that was it. I was expecting I to find $80 a in a toilet once. Fuck me, that's a lot. I only find $10, and isn't that more appropriate for next topic? No. Maybe. The money zone? Isn't it? The money zone! By the way, these are clearly yen coins, so you found a nickel in a toilet. Yep, it was great. Um, <laughs> anything else for Gun before we move on to the toilet zone? Wait, the toilet zone? Toilet zone. Toilet zone. Toilet zone. <laughs> All right. Flush me down to the toilet, toilet. zone, senpai. Zony. <laughs> we need a mascot. Oh, I, did, I did keep making a joke while streaming this game that uh, there's going to be a secret achievement for being such a complete toilet boy in this game. <laughs> complete toilet boy. I think you've absolutely destroyed every right-wing nut who's ever tried to think of a cool insult for... <laughs> like sensitive people you would put their hand in the toilet that's disgusting i reach right in grab whatever's in there yeah i'm the future boy. Gonna, good shake gonna take a moment to just brag about the fact that i have never dropped my phone in the toilet i'm very proud of that i have never pooped <laughs> i've never pooped in a toilet <laughs> oh fuck um <laughs> All right. I have retained everything. I have never created waste. I am an anomaly of the universe. I am quickly on my way to becoming a black hole. I weigh 783 pounds, and I'm only four feet tall, and I take up the space of a small boy. I've never pooped. Um, very dense. <laughs> Fuck. Um, okay, we're moving on. We gotta go to the salary man corner. And guess what? I didn't play this game. It's called Pro Mahjong Kiwame 2. Uh, Tolpa, it has to go in 10 minutes. I'm sorry we've taken so fucking long. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I was dominating the conversation with stupid jokes. Oh, you, you, you've gotten a, a good amount in, so you're not going to get to talk about Investigation or Revelation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you want to put your any bottom lines in the chat, we'll read them for you in, Re- in Revelation. I promise. Um, so, uh, what... what what was the game again? Fuck. Oh, Pro Mahjong Kiwame 2. Uh, I didn't play it. I didn't look it up. I don't fucking care. I have to go to the bathroom and not poop. So talk about what salary a toilet man. boy. I'm a toilet boy. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to go do the toilet boy thing. So you talk about salary man. I'll be back. Sure. You're fucking swirling. <laughs> Sorry. 
So Pro Mahjong Kiwami 2 was released in 1994. Uh, it is by Athena, which is a company that I believe they published the home version of, of Money Idol Exchanger, which is a great puzzle game. And uh, they also did a bunch of Mahjong games. And what makes Kiwame interesting is it's a historically relevant series uh, because Kiwame 1 brought uh, AI that was profiled on the real-life habits of professional Mahjong players to Mahjong video games. And it ushered in a whole new style of Mahjong game. Instead of just having a Mahjong game where you play Mahjong, this was a Mahjong game that was tailored for diehard fans of professional Mahjong. Uh, so the series continued on many, many platforms until 2007, when unfortunately the series died with the release of QMA Next for Windows Vista. Pro tip, don't put Windows Vista in the name of your game if you want it to do well. Um, and nowadays it sort of has a spiritual successor in the Konami Mahjong Fight Club series, which has sort of taken over as being the diehard professional Mahjong fans game. Um did anyone else play this, or am I the only one who did? I, I played it. Play it. I played it for ten minutes, and I picked the top option from the menu. I w- wasn't able to make out the kanji, uh, but I played that, and the computer was just too smart for me. And by too smart, I mean I was just throwing tiles left and right, and hoped maybe this time I'd get another win, and I did not. I just yeah. watched a bunch of uh, screenshots. Uh, the character portraits for your enemies are really boring. Oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, I that. like them. The music in this is absolutely killer, though. Yeah. It's so pretty. Okay, so here's some hidden lore about uh, the QMA games. Is that, uh, yes, they're known for their music, especially in the early versions on Super Famicom and all that stuff. But the Game Boy versions have Super Game Boy support. And they also have like a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes, like a secret soundtrack and stuff. What? Uh, in, in, yeah, it's on the cutting room floor and on YouTube. You can go look it all up. Um, there's a bunch of hidden stuff in these games. And it is pretty awesome. Uh, the game you played, I believe it's like a training mode for people who want to get better at Mahjong, so that's probably why it was brutal. Um, two of the other modes that are interesting in this game is there's a playstyle diagnosis mode, which looks at the history of your last 20 games and tells you what kind of player you are. So I think like probably the same kind of smarts they put into the AI for professional Mahjong players sort of goes in there and tells you sort of what kind of player you are. And Wait, are you saying this is a personality quiz type of game? Well, it's not a personality quiz because you don't answer any questions, but it looks at your last 20 games and it determines what type of Mahjong player you are from your... Well, that's a true personality quiz type. Well, you didn't find out, did you? Personality evaluation. Yeah, pretty much. And there's also a quiz mode, which asks you questions about rules and glossary and all of that fun stuff, if you're a crazy person uh, who knows all that stuff and can also read it in Japanese, which is like the big asterisk for this stuff. Uh, but yeah, QMA 2, it's a very well-received and somewhat important entry in the series. Um, it's pretty good. So as the one other guy that uh, played this, um, uh, <laughs> Sakurin, do you know if if uh, all, like I watched the attract mode and all the people listed with their credits, were those actual uh, true Mahjong people they had digitized and put in My Super Famicom? Yep, it's all licensed from the Professional Mahjong League. Is Beat Takashi in there? I hope not. Oh, I'm back. I'd rather way. you wouldn't be, but uh, 
Yes, I also played this game. Uh, the music was real nice. I lost real bad because um, Mahjong frightens me with the number of ways you can win. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was real impressed, like uh, at all the little biographies for each person. And one of them was just one of them was one of the one of the last ones was just free pro, like a, a like a freelance pro pro Mahjong. Like yeah, I'm not. You know, someone outside the system. I have managed to stop the entire podcast with behind-the-scenes questions about Beat Takashi. <laughs> uh, Beat Takashi. Okay, I got to tell this. That guy's a jerk. He's uh, a, a, a complete right-wing nut uh, mm. that also is like full, like, uh, uh, like, like has to have TV shows where he's like, yeah, "It's the UFO." Is like real, like National Enquirer stuff. Outside of like the emperor's best, and uh, yeah, we should probably uh, kick out all the foreigners, and women should shut up. Gross! I did not know that. So that is why I did not want him to be in the game. Uh, yeah, well, one time I went to the arcade in Japan, and like along the way to the arcade, there was a big protest against foreigners, and I was trying to hide in the back alleys so that they wouldn't notice that I was trying to get to the arcade. <laughs> Oh, oh no. no! And that's some snake exclusive information for y'all. Yep. There yeah. You go. Uh, Beach Kashi sucks, and uh, I get upset every time someone's like, oh, "I love that dude" because he's uh, a real big trash bag. Trash bag. I apologize for for causing that little cavalcade of frustration. Well, you didn't know. We did. We didn't know. Now we know, and we'll just talk I about Tika- trash bag Takeshi. <laughs> I'm really pleased with trash bag Takeshi. I'm very happy with that. TBBT. <laughs> He's a real toilet boy. He's a real fucking toilet boy, ain't he? Just slurping up that. Um, <laughs> I did. I wasn't here for the conversation. Was there anything else to talk about That's with Salary Man? Yeah, do it. Do it. Slurping it up, baby. <laughs> Uh, no, wait, what are you talking about? Do what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I'll do whatever Rudy says. <laughs> okay, uh, so, is that all? All right, open up your browser, go to bankaccount.com. <laughs> bankaccount.com. <laughs> that is where I do all my bank accounting. <laughs> okay, Fine. so, have, have is, has everything been said about Pro Mahjong Kiwame 2, or are we moving on? Sounds like I mean, I have nothing on. else to say. And okay, okay. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Curry. Um, all right, so Music's let's... good, and there's real people inside the game. I just listened to the music. It is, in fact, super good. I'll play it. I'll I'll rip it if I have to. Uh, I'm never... It, it, most of the Salaryman games, I can't, like, rip anything. Holy Umbrella or... would have been the best game ever if it, if it just had uh, the music from this game. <laughs> would have been better if it had video game... But also, yeah, the music would have completely salvaged anything. The music would no, have made a big difference. No one's doing anything with bankaccount.com. It's just a, one of those link gardens. Very disappointing. Time, buy it up. That's our new domain. Bankaccount.com slash snexploration. <laughs> Actually, just make bankaccount.com redirect to patreon.com slash snexploration. Yeah, and then we're good. All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna check the price on that. I'll contact them see if if, if it's less than fifty. I'm looking bucks. at you, Oliver 
Prince. Wait, no, what's your name? John Oliver. And I got a domain before you. And by I got it, I mean I made Clint buy it. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to our next topic, which is, of course, as always, as it has been for the entire sex exploration uh, series, investigation. which is where we talk about what we found in the game through deep investigation, as well as outside of the game, such as walkthroughs, game FAQs, boards, it's diaries that we wrote when we were four about this game, things like that. Um, so, uh, Curry, <laughs> I didn't investigate this. You said you did, though. Yeah, I uh, was looking through on Moby Games and Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb surprisingly didn't have much, considering they are kind of more knowledgeable than wiki about you know video games um bank account dot finance is 69.99 oh my god Ooh. nice 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 bank account dot zone is available and reasonably priced but how many people are going to go there on purpose everyone's going to go to bank anyway <laughs> bank account money only 40 dollars a year Anyway, so uh, Tazuya Egawa, as we mentioned earlier, uh, is uh, the man who did the cover art for this game, and he, I believe, designed the characters, or at least did the art for them. And the kerning. Say what? And the kerning. And the kerning. The kerning. Oh, well, wait, like, did, did he do that? Is that because of the character's name Kern? I was making a font joke that I didn't really understand. Yeah. <laughs> that does remind me, though. I mean, it's really I funny. I believe that he did the turning on the logo. There is one funny bit in the game in which the first time they mention Kern, uh, the, the, the words break out of the box. That's a really funny joke. It is. It's also funny that after the words break out of the box, no matter what you do until you refresh, until you reset the game, the words are stuck there. At least the ones that have escaped outside. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, Tatsuya Igawa, famous horny boy, did the Golden Boy manga, I believe, in the anime. Um, he also did uh, Magical Tarudu Tokun, which got a few games as well in this era. He also did art for a game on the Super Nintendo, which I think recently got a translation called G.O.D. Mezameo Toyobu. Sorry, Mezameo Toyobu Koe Gakikoe. And G-O-D stands for Growth or Devolution. And it's an RPG, which it's got to be with that title. That's and, amazing. Oh, That's a fucking great name. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's pretty good. And also, hold on. I'm going to... I'll share it in the... I'm going to share the cover art in a bit. But I'm just going to tell the viewers that it sucks for you. You don't uh, aren't in our Discord. And you should pay money to the... And platoon, what's it called? Patreon, and and hang out. Anyway, um, also, so so this was made by uh, Naxat Soft, yeah, or it was published. It was developed by Earthly Soft. Now, Earthly Soft, I was like, who the shit is this? Is this just a thing of Naxat Soft that they like made up real quick for a certain set of games? And I went through a few different websites and like could not find much until finally I was looking at uh giant bomb and found at max four games they developed 
it says they were a short-lived Japanese developer in the mid-1990s, and they did Holy Umbrella, Dondere no Mubo, uh, Dokapon Gaiden, Hono no Audition, which was for the Satellaview, um, Ring, ni ka Ring ni Kakero, which is based on a boxing manga for the Super Nintendo, and Toho Chinyuki Halfling Hearts for the PS1, which I still maintain sounds like the name of a shoujo manga of Dungeons & Dragons. It, it really does. <laughs> but yeah, so that, uh, let's see, I looked at the cutting room floor. There's a debug uh, option. It brings up a sound test. It brings up a level select. It brings up a cutscene select and an unknown feature that it they couldn't figure out what it does. And like that, oh, oh, and I think you can change the color of the menus, but like not much, unfortunately. In this game, I should have been allowed to fly. It's true. Illegally. Illegally, without a license. You didn't earn your license. You didn't play Pilot Wings. But you, you enabled it in the debug mode anyway. By the way, on the cover for G.O.D., uh, everyone looks like they fuck, including the little tiny monk man. <laughs> this is a Wait, terrible a cover. Say what? That's not a baby. That's not a baby, somehow. It's a man who is coming out of a woman's cleavage. It's a horny baby. You're a horny baby. <laughs> and you're a toilet boy. I'm a toilet boy. <laughs> toilet boy is not a disparaging comment. It's just an acknowledgement that uh, if you investigate every single toilet in the game, you get a special reward. Toilet boy reward. Yeah, you get to be known as the toilet boy. Uh... <laughs> let's see what else was there is, I, it, is uh, it a sort of obtuse reference to golden boy do you think you can be the toilet boy you can be the pee boy you can be the golden boy yes I think it's true also like in golden theory. boy the main character is obsessed with toilets sounds uh, like a pretty strong game theory <laughs> I just wish of game theory. More than anything, I want to know how much of the adventure st zone was stolen from Holy Umbrella. All of it. A very this large is way amount. better plotted than the adventure zone. On that box art for God, the main the the silhouette there behind the logo is definitely the main character of Holy Umbrella, but with wings. Also, oh, that uh, also that woman's sports bra does not fit her. <laughs> For the people who played uh, this game in Japanese, what is the name of the first town and how is it read? Sajiko. Um, uh, did you actually play the Japanese version? I'm just curious. I looked, at, because... I looked at an FAQ that was done before the game was translated. Yes, but they could have still gotten it completely wrong. Well, what? how hard is Sajikaru? Well, I'm just asking if it was a uh, J or a uh, J. I couldn't remember. Um, I, I believe uh, Courier is right. Uh, it, it, like, yeah, there's katakana names. I'm just like, yep. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let that pass by my eyeballs and move on with my life. <laughs> I'm going to look it up, but I was pretty sure when I first read it, I was like, why are they talking about surgical, surgical, surgical? And I'm like, I don't okay, get it. So, so it's, so it's supposed to just be surgical, I assume. So Curry is right. Was but I'm looking it up. Ever to make it 
Well, yes, because you fucked up an FAQ. That's not the question I was asking. I read between the lines. I'm that advanced. <laughs> There's a bit when you get... Eventually, the princess tells you uh, that the legend of the Holy Umbrella was a history on slates, slates, which has risen to public knowledge by translating the tablets on which it was written. And I really appreciate how they go through the legwork to uh, give you the provenance of the legend of the Holy Umbrella. So you know how its tale was propagated and from where it came, it creates a possibility space for like translation errors. Uh, it really gets you into the archaeological and academic world of the setting. Um, pretty amazing. I mean, you can literally read a history book in the middle of the game. It's one of the first items you are given, and you can use it at any time. And it just tells you about the ancient history of the war between the gods and the goblins. The godlins. The godlin war. Why were they fighting? What did the gods do that made the goblins mad? Actually, it's the other way around. The goblins uh, shit everywhere and the gods it was like oh there's too much shit pretty much it, they did it, just it kind of the fault like, of the goblins why did they make the goblins shit makers if they didn't want them to shit everywhere that's a, always the question about god right 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 well, the gods didn't necessarily create the goblins the gods and the goblins were created at the same time and eventually one of them turned into an umbrella so this is like a demiurge situation where yeah. the gods are extremely powerful, but they are not, in fact, the source of creation. Yes, precisely. And then the god that got turned into an umbrella was split up into seven different umbrellas that you collect through your adventures. Is there a hard umbrella? Heart or hard? Heart. There's a cloud and a rainbow umbrella. Oh. There's also a water umbrella, which uh, seems a little redundant. (laughs) That's the question of like, what is if it summons water, which it seems to do, doesn't that defeat the purpose of having an umbrella? Hey, an upside down umbrella is just a very bad bucket. (laughs) That's a snake exclusive. Oh, uh, so I also took tons of uh, screenshots while playing this game. So uh, some of my one of my favorite bits of uh, dialogue in this game was I, I didn't manage to screen cap the first box of dialogue, but it was basically I love going traveling. You can do embarrassing things whenever you want, and nobody uh, you know is around to see it. <laughs> that is probably what? the greatest bit of wisdom in this game. I just helped myself to one of the hotel's ashtrays. He continues what? after that. Oh That's yeah, a, I forgot about that. <laughs> a real peek into the world before social media. <laughs> yeah. So so there's just an NPC that encourages you to steal. And no, because nobody's around to see to see you do it. No, eat ash out of the ashtrays. Law breaking. Right. 
activity. Yeah. Sorry, Clint, go on. <laughs> I was just saying, when you said help, I helped myself to one of the ashtrays, I just thought they ate all the ash in it. I just thought he fucked it. <laughs> Is that what you think helped myself to means? That's what I usually do at Thanksgiving. Maybe he fucked it and then he ate the resulting slurry. Oh, God. Okay. Um, (laughs) Hi, Curry's mom, by the way. Hi, Curry's mom. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot of questions about what happens at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, the Thanksgiving cream pie. Uh, um, Uh, Oh, God. uh, Let's delete this podcast. I'm cutting all of this happened. Hi, I'm the new host. Uh, Next topic. Let's talk about the next topic because I, I think we've run out of things question, to say. Though, okay. Which, what is the? No, you don't. I, uh, I'm afraid you do not have a question. <laughs> is the bird throwing the contents of an ashtray when he attacks? The bird is plucking its own feather and throwing it at someone, which I think is okay. Another Hold question. Okay. I've actually got to go. So is this, this is game modeling? Is this game modeling grooming behavior by having a young boy accepting an old man's jewel the moment he meets meets him? Tulpa, we love you. Bye. Tulpa, thank you for for taking part. Someone plug my stuff when uh, this podcast is over. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll plug you. I promise. Mm. Toilet boy to the rescue. (laughs) Yeah, bye. 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 Plug me when I'm dead. <laughs> I'll plug. I'll okay. Um, we're done talking about that kind of plugging. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm toilet boy, so I'm always plugging the toilet. That's it. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. It's um, so good. <laughs> just putting all your money right up in there. Yep. Just dumping the cash straight down into the toilet, and I'm like, oh, why is it plugged up again? And I have some very rich plumbers. Um, hey, nine-year-old boy, get over here and get my money. <laughs> to reach your hand right down in there. I put a nickel in there. Get in the toilet. <laughs> you do that while boy. I help myself with this ashtray. <laughs> nine-year-old boy, it's going to be dangerous. Take my jewel. <laughs> oh, my dad always argued that the Barney I Love You, You Love Me song was a way for uh, people to pick up young children. He was afraid what of the fuck? He was afraid of pedophiles everywhere. He would look at somebody and go, "That guy's a pedophile." I, for no fucking reason. He had a beard or something. Anyway, <laughs> welcome it's to the dad just instill that like, I mean, okay, so I understand warning your children, "Hey, be afraid. don't like don't go off with strangers and stuff," but to make your child afraid of even the characters that are meant to make the child happy Stranger, Stranger Danger was an overwhelming narrative in the nineties. Sure was, and has not has not the last year or so as all these entertainment industry figures have been outed as absolute creeps. Maybe Clint's dad was on something. Well, don't pro- trust anybody. I mean, that's true. Don't trust anyone, especially the people you're close to. <laughs> that's my dad. Um, let's move on. To the final topic, which is, of course, as always, as we've always done, Revelation. Which is where we give our bottom line reviews of, uh, you know, everything. Um, <laughs> so I've written down a few, but I want other people. I, I'm just going to spout them out unless somebody else has a bottom line review of Holy Umbrella. Holy Umbrella is... Oh, wait, am I allowed to do this yet? 
Yeah, no, you're not allowed. You're banned from the podcast. Okay, Go ahead. <laughs> so now this is an act of rebellion. Okay, uh, Holy Umbrella is searching for change in someone else's toilet. <laughs> Holy Umbrella is Kindergartner Castlevania. Oh, shit. I was going to say Holy Umbrella is playing Castlevania 3 while getting sick on licorice. Holy Umbrella is finding change in somebody else's toilet. <laughs> Holy Umbrella is Valis for kids. Ooh. Holy Umbrella is uh, right-wing propaganda. <laughs> uh, I wrote this one down, but I don't fucking know what it means. Uh, <laughs> Holy Umbrella is eating Lucky Charms while your little sister watches Disney Channel original movies about witches. How the <laughs> fuck? Does, what the fuck does that mean? Sounds okay. Holy Umbrella is having Donkey Kong throw koalas at you. Oh yeah, that does you happen. Swing an umbrella ineffectually. You got action. You got attack. You got jump. Holy Umbrella is in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> uh, Holy Umbrella is Holy Umbrella is based on a true story. Holy Umbrella is ripped from the headlines. I don't know why I wrote these down. Holy Umbrella is probably the prettiest game to feature a mechanized sex toy as a boss. <laughs> Holy Umbrella is the only game with decent Twitter integration. <laughs> oh, I get it. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. Holy Umbrella is the Christian in your anime club. <laughs> Holy Umbrella is. <laughs> Welcome I really to... regret wearing headphones. <laughs> Welcome to... Welcome to Skexploration, where we talk only about Sega games. Shrug's back. We're back. Uh, Holy Umbrella is listening to someone who's never watched the movie describe the plot of Sword in the Stone. Yeah, I thought that one was good, they but got it's not. way off. Well, this is Sword in the Stone. It's about a boy who finds a magical sword and meets a wizard who gives him a jewel. Oh, it is. It's, it's just that teaches him stuff. It's just the person describing it clearly didn't have their glasses on. Was like, is it fucking umbrella? Yeah. What's what's going on here? Is that an umbrella? Is that is that guy? Is that a a transsexual? Oh Jesus Christ! Is that is that a tank with a dick? Holy umbrella is a tank with a dick, and he's very excited to show you his dick and then blast you with it. Also, a bird throws jizz at you. Jizz. It's the Twitter bird, so you should be used to it by now, the boy. <laughs> yeah, Twitter wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean you all get, like, groupies sliding into your DMs? No, the experience of Twitter is, like, unwanted bodily fluids. <laughs> that's what That's what Twitter Isn't is. Isn't that exactly? Yes. Come on. My <laughs> DMs are open. <laughs> At Bachelor with your unwanted bodily fluids. Uh, and at bakeagain.com if you want to help me. <laughs> uh, any other bottom lines I've run out? No? No more bottoms for the toilet boy? Okay. <laughs> I may be 
I may have had quite a bit of scotch. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, it's 4.20. It's, it's 4.20 p.m. And it's time to end this podcast, I think. I think we've gone as far as we can with Holy Umbrella. Um, so, where do, how do I usually end this? Oh, oh, fuck. What's the mystery topic, Curry? Fuck. Mystery topic! <laughs> what did you just sorry. say? <laughs> you heard. <laughs> I'm surprised I got the suck arena. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've got myself with the giggles. Um, I have no okay, idea what you so, said? Go on. <laughs> I was. I was trying to say mystery topic and like. <laughs> do the middle voice, but anyway, okay. I'm, I'm so dying the, here. The mystery, but go on. the mystery topic. The mystery topic is how much better would it, would it have been if we just gotten a golden boy game? Uh, this is why you said I'd be left out. Oh, anime. This is this is where Bachelor should chime in. Really, I like my piss to be metaphorical. <laughs> I, I I was actually just kind of what <laughs> I said. <laughs> wouldn't it, how much better would it have been? How much better would it be if we got a Golden Boy video game instead? It wouldn't have been for kids. I can tell you that. To the bank. Account.com. <laughs> Golden Boy, I assume, is a porn. Is it a porno? It's. I think it's just H-E. It's just... It's Based just on a, a five seconds of Google image search, it's pretty horny. I, I actually don't know what it is. I usually, you- just, I usually just DM Topa and ask, what are they talking about? I have no idea. I don't know anything about anime or cartoons. All right, here we go. Summary of Golden Boy, the manga. The beginning of each volume and episode of Golden Boy places Kintaro opposite a young, beautiful woman whose interest or disdain for him serves as the basis of the plot. Some of these women initially dismiss Kintaro as an idiotic and clumsy pervert and either give him or accept from him some challenge to prove their superiority. Kintaro invariably lusts after these women, but he is principally driven by his desire to be of actual service to them quote-unquote service, there's no quotes, and to thereby learn more about the world. <laughs> Despite his outward appearances, Kintaro is an incredibly clever and resourceful individual and consistently exceeds what the women in his encounters thought possible, winning their hearts despite his outward awkwardness. But due to chance, necessity, or a sense of honor, Kintaro never takes advantage of these newfound feelings. As the manga series progresses, it introduces fewer women over multiple chapter arcs, such as a shoplifting schoolgirl, and goes back to women from earlier in the series that he's affected. So it's he's just he's horny, but, but he never fucks. Gross. It's horny shenanigans, and that's a good Super Nintendo game. Basically, I just want to play the swimming scene from Golden Boy. What? D- describe mm-hmm. the swimming scene. Yes, no, I just posted it. Watch it. Well, thanks for the podcast. This does not look <laughs> yellow. <laughs> I think this is a normal swimming pool and not a piss swimming pool. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> they didn't go that far. It was a real lost opportunity. This video is blocked in your country on copyright grounds. <laughs> Do you want me to share some of the panels I found? Yes, please. Including this one where a very hairy man is having sex in a giant bed and shouting, Gar har 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 my schlong is a magic rod who summons happiness. Har 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 har. 
Why has he used the word who to describe this magic rod? It's a separate Should person, obviously. Or which? Maybe it's a separate part of him. Yeah. Maybe it's like, 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 maybe it's like the thing with two heads. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's a podcast, everybody. That's a podcast, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us for this journey through whatever the fuck we played, and also Golden Journey Boy. through piss. <laughs> piss journey. <laughs> fuck. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, where could people find more of you if they want to? Uh, yeah, I do. I do uh, I, I'm sometimes host of the Select Button Prime podcast. Um, I have a Select Button adjacent podcast, also about video games, called Hinge Problems, where me and one other guy uh, have vague conversations about video games and talk about how we wish they were cooler and that they are really cool. Um, and I am Tokyo underscore Rude on the Twitter and. You should also uh, check out the other guide and guided podcast of Select Button, which is No Rangers Allowed, host with the DM by Tolpa, who left. Rest in peace. Rip. I'm Sakarina. You can find me on Twitter at Sakarina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And I'm going to shill again for Hinge Problems because it's my favorite video game podcast. So you should go listen to it. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Hinge Problems is good. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm Shrug. Uh, I'm Shrug on the forums. I'm Shrugopolis on Twitter, where I don't talk about piss, I think. I don't know. Um, maybe if you go back bet far on enough. I have very poor memories so that I can try to forget how much of a toilet I have been in the past, I think. Who knows? I'm on the Rangers Allowed being a dwarf uh, with Tulpa. Someday there will be bonus episodes where I'm jamming poorly. Uh, and I think that's it. Piss. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm uh, at Bachelorsoft on Twitter. Bachelorsoft.com. I'm on Instagram, even though I shouldn't be. I'm making the greatest video game ever made, and I'd love it if you sent me money. You're going to have to DM me, though. I don't have bankaccount.com. They banned me. I've been your co-host, Courier Rice. I am Courier Rice on the forums. I'm at Courier Rice on the Twitter. And I run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog, where you could be sending me all kinds of inappropriate messages, but you're not. And that's... Well, actually, that would, that's probably better. <laughs> We were also joined by Tulpa, who had to leave, unfortunately. But uh, you can find Tulpa at Memorious Tulpa on Twitter. You can find Tulpa streaming occasionally as Tupler. Tulpa is Tulpa on the forums. And Tulpa also hosts uh, No Rangers Allowed, which Rudy already mentioned. But it's a select button sister podcast where they, they play an amazing Dungeons & Dragons game. It is my favorite uh, D&D podcast by far uh, that I've ever heard. And that's including the Adventure Zone, so... Fuck you, McElroy's. No, I love you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, anyway. Um, I have been Virtual Clint. You can find me on Twitter as 
Virtual Clint. You can find me on the forums as Virtual Clint. You can find me most anywhere as Virtual Clint, uh, except on Steam. Uh, if you like this podcast, please spread the word. We love it. I love seeing people on Twitter recommending this. It happens every once in a while. I've seen it on forums. It's it's amazing. It makes me feel great. It makes us all feel great. Uh, and it's the only way that anybody's ever going to fucking find out about it. So just spread the word. Tell your umbrella vendor. Tell your baby. Just tweet about us. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Um, leave us some reviews. Write a note, flush it down the toilet. Yeah, and Toilet Boy will find it. It will come to me, and I will feel good that you did that. <laughs> Go spam the NHL 94 forums. Go on Game FAQs and write about us. Anywhere you want to write about us, is it's really, it's great. Uh, you write can- a message on your dong and mail it to Curry? No. No. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't you do that. Already knows. I understand the importance of your dong. You need to keep it. Keep the dong. Um... <laughs> Curry already knows about the podcast. Screenwriting 101, Video Games 101, always keep the dong. Keep the dong. If you send me a dong, I'm just going to I'm just going to pawn it. I'm just going to sell that shit. I'm going to put it in a biohazard container like a responsible person. Um <laughs> uh what else uh leave us reviews on itunes or rate us on itunes that would be great i love that too um i would love to read your reviews on the podcast but uh most likely i'm not actually going to see them unless they're in the u.s so just email it to us at snes at snes.zone snes at snes.zone and you can you can find us uh that's also our website snes.zone i recently updated it with all of the, the new branding there's a bunch of cool stuff on there it's beautiful it's also mobile friendly now sort of kind of um it has links to our twitter feed which is where you can vote for games don't forget you can do that as well as the tumblr that uh curry runs uh we've got short bios for everybody who's been on the podcast except rudy um and social media links uh links for everyone who's ever been on the podcast except rudy um so yeah as always, for more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. We love newcomers. Don't be intimidated. We love you. Uh, we've now got a Patreon page. Uh, we've got tiers for as low as a dollar. Uh, you can pledge for things for joining our private Discord, which is only like $5. You could dictate games for us to play, which I think is $25. Uh, you can even star on the podcast yourself, you narcissist. Uh, the podcast will... <laughs> you narcissist. <laughs> The podcast is always going to be free, but your patronage helps support server costs, better equipment, and eventually, maybe we can pay people. That would be nice. Our labor is valuable. Uh, Patreon.com forward no. slash <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Snexploration. That's S-N Exploration. Or just go to BankAccount.Zone, which I just bought, and now you can just BankAccount.Zone. Um, the next podcast will, uh, will be, uh, fuck, I have to check my calendar. Hold on. The 7th of July. I think that makes sense. Yes. That's a day. Is that right? Yeah. The 7th of, uh, the 7th of July. Okay. Um, so two weeks from now, and now it's time to find out what three games you will be voting on. If you hurry to our Twitter at Snexploration, you should be able to catch the last hours of the vote. We still have a bad system and I'm sorry. Um, the next three games up for the decision are Konpeki no Kantai, which is a submarine strategy game based on an OVA, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Cal Ripken Jr. Baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, I, I already know what's going to win. Bishojo Wrestler Retsuden, Blizzard Yuki Ranyu. Uh, God damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is just, uh, what's that, what's that, 
uh, porny sort of wrestling game for like the Xbox 360. Whoa, Rumble, Rumble Roses. Roses. No, it's not. No, no, it's called Rule of Roses. Rumble Roses. God damn it. It's like I Rumble can't... Roses. I can't wait to rip one with the Ripken. <laughs> yeah, I think we all got to play ladies wrestling. It's not horny. It's just ladies wrestling. It's going to be really wholesome. And I'm going to stream myself playing it with a few friends on live Jasmine. So please tune in. <laughs> please wear your mask. Remember, I've said wear a mask if you're going to stream uh, wrestling games. I'm just saying it's a good idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are your three choices. Uh, vote accordingly, however you feel. Uh, the, it, like I said, it'll be up for uh, probably a few hours after you listen to this. But just follow us on Twitter. God damn it. All right, so until next time, it's not Inuyasha the game? I don't know anime. It's not the toilet. I never flush because I love the smell of piss. Piss. <laughs> it's not Giga Gano Kitaro. It's not Dragon Ball Fighters. It's not Rain Jerks. It's not a game I picked, to be honest. <laughs> but I liked it. It's not the thing with two heads. They transplanted a white bigot's head onto his soul brother's body. I cannot believe you. I cannot believe this movie fucking exists. I own it on DVD. You want to watch it tonight? Yeah, sure. I mean, I won't be there, but yes. <laughs> it's not a Golden Boy game. As always, it's not Chuck Rock. Golden Boy! <laughs> Panera Bread. Um. <laughs> that's it that's the end of the podcast we did it we did one all right we did a whole podcast this might actually be our shortest because right now my recording says two hours and two minutes and we started five oh minutes God. after i started recording so it's a little sh it's, it's shorter it's the shortest of uh season two anyway that's for sure <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Schnabobula for his incredible track, playing Super Mario World while taking mushrooms. Also, thanks to our regular guest, Bachelor, for the incredible art that we have now. Go check out uh, BachelorSoft on Twitter. And, as always, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Uh, dongs.club would be six dollars. Dongs is like a winner. <laughs> All right, dongs.life is forty dollars. Dongs.tech forty. Dongs.design forty. Dongs.business is only twelve dollars. If we all chip in for dongs.club, does that mean we're part of a dong club? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm down. Dongs.zone is thirty bucks a year. Dongs.church is more expensive than Dongs.zone. Dong City is cheaper than both of them. Dongs.family, $20. Dongs.football, $30. Dongs, Dongs Family. Academy, Dongs Academy, $30. Dongs Services, $30. Dongs.guru, guru, $28 a year. Someone already owns Piss.zone. <laughs> Hold on, there's a dot church one? I'm yeah. not interested in joining the piss club, sorry.
Oh, piss church is taken as well. <laughs> Dongstop Pictures is only 11 bucks a year. Whoa, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Dongstop Ninja. It's about dicks that play Fortnite. <laughs> uh -huh. Fun isn't taken but doesn't have a listed price. Dongstop Watch. Dongstop Tours. Dongstop Recipes. Dongstop Fish. Oh, yeah. Natural Harvest. <laughs> Piss.Recipes is three eighty eight a year. Get it. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> no, don't get it. How I'm much not... is... Get it. <laughs> How much is Piss.Gold? Because Dongs.Gold is 120 bucks a year. Look, if you're going to go for that, at least go for Piss4Gold.Whatever. Piss4Gold.Church. Piss.gold is taken. Dongs.house. $28. My favorite genre. Dongs.dating. Well, what do we got to offer to get a .gov? Piss.dating is only $1888. Send in a cup and we match you with someone else based on their profile. <laughs> Piss.global? Think... Oh, shit! <laughs> oh, the power. <laughs> I think I could really make something out of Dongstadt Healthcare. <laughs> I just I just want to say I'm really it's glad that Craig is still recording. Oh, yeah, I'm recording all of this. <laughs> oh, no. 